If you have your Bibles, we'll be in Matthew chapter 6 this morning. Matthew chapter 6. I remember, actually I don't remember where I heard it or where I read it, but I remember hearing once that if you preach out of your own weaknesses, you will never run out of material. And so this morning is case study in that, all right, because we are starting a new series this morning um, just about prayer, right, called When You Pray. All right, so we're going to spend the next few weeks just talking about um, what prayer is and why we should pray. And, um, and, and, and I know for me personally, prayer just doesn't come natural. And you guys are like, aren't you the pastor? I am, right? Maybe you think less of me as a pastor now. But, um, but my point, it's not that I don't want to pray. It's not that I don't think prayer is important. It's just that um, I find myself, my, my gut reaction to things is not always to pray first. Right, is to jump in. Right, what can I do about this? How can I handle this on my own in my own self sufficiency? Right, um, and so I just lay before you that, like, I, I'm for the next few weeks just preaching out of my own weakness. Again, not that I don't want to pray, not that I don't see the importance and value in prayer, just that I know it's an area that I can grow in. And in nine, almost 10 years, or working on 10 years in ministry, here's what I know. I think most of us would say that prayer is an, an area in our lives that we can grow in. I, I just haven't met too many people that are like, my prayer life is awesome. It could not be any better. Like, I just haven't met that many people. Um, and and the, in my time in ministry, one of the things I've noticed, this is just kind of anecdotal evidence, is that, um, so for example, if, if I said we're going to have a big potluck meal tonight, everybody would show up and you'd bring your dishes and we'd have a good time. We're going to fellowship, everybody show up and have a good time. If I said we're going to have a Bible study, all right, maybe not as many people would show up, but people would still show up, right, because you want to learn and study. Um, but if I said we're going to have a prayer meeting tonight, it would be like, whew, there's some stuff going on tonight, I think, some other places I have to be, right? Like it's just my, I'm not talking about just you, like it's just churches in general, right? Anytime you say, we're having a prayer meeting, it tends to be like the least attended meeting that the church has. And I think that gets back to this idea just that, that prayer is this area that all of us could, could probably uh, grow in. Right? So we're going to spend the next few weeks just talking about, um, talking about prayer. Right? I'm not, my hope is not to condemn anyone. That's not my job, first of all. It's not even my job to convict anyone. That's the Holy Spirit. I just want us over the next few weeks really myself first and then the rest of us all together, um, to just grow in our consistency in prayer and our, uh, our, our realization that we need to pray. And so that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do over the next few weeks uh, is just talk about you know, how should we pray? How should we not pray? All right, what does it look like to have a, a growing prayer life? Um, what are some things we should pray for? And so that's, that's kind of the direction we're going over the next few weeks. But we're going to start this morning, uh, and I think probably maybe the most appropriate place to start, and that's Jesus talking about prayer. So if you have a copy of God's Word, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. So these are Jesus' words. Here's what he says. He says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues 
and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. All right, so if we zoom out a little bit on this passage, right, the, the greater context is it's part of the Sermon on the Mount. Okay? Uh, again, Jesus, for context, Jesus gathers. There's crowds. He brings his disciples in, and he, he begins to teach them what it looks like to live as a citizen of God's kingdom. Right? So you read all through the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, what Jesus keeps pointing to is this is what it looks like to live as, uh, as one of my disciples, one of my followers. That's what the Sermon on the Mount is, just kind of in a nutshell. And so we get here, and one of the things clearly that, that Jesus is saying is that to be a citizen of the kingdom of God or to live as one of my disciples or followers means that you will pray. Okay, because that's, that's actually the first point this morning, right, that we see in this text is it's when you pray, not if you pray. When you pray, not if you pray. That's how... The first three verses start, right? Verses five, six, seven. They all start with, and when you pray, but when you pray, and when you pray. It's this obvious uh, sort of expectation that Jesus has for his followers, that anyone who's going to be a disciple, anyone who's going to follow him, anyone who's going to live as a citizen of God's kingdom is going to be a person who prays, right? Now, my assumption here this morning is that this is not a new idea to any of us. Right? Most of us that have any sort of uh, background or experience or history sort of in church uh, or, or know about Jesus, like we know that, that we probably should be people who pray. Okay? Uh, but, but again, like I kind of hinted at earlier, my guess is also that if we took a real honest inventory of our, of our prayer lives, most of us would probably not rate ourselves at the top of the scale. Right? Most of us would say, like, yeah, I got, I got quite a bit of room to grow in, uh, in my prayer life. And so um, I think there's some reasons for that. I think there's some reasons that we don't pray, or at least we don't pray as we should. And so th these are not exhaustive, but just a few things I wrote down. One, prayer just doesn't feel productive. I mean, let's just be real. Right, we live in an age in which uh, the, like, there's a premium put on, I've mean, got to get things done, I've got to be productive, I've got to be efficient, Right? I've got to be able to do all these things. We try and cram all this stuff into a 24-hour day, and we never get it all done. And so the next day starts with an even longer list. Right? There's this, like we live in a world that loves busyness. And so to, to take time and to stop and to put all those things to the side and just pray feels like the least efficient thing we could do. And so usually that's what happens. We push it to the side because it doesn't feel productive. It doesn't feel efficient, right? It doesn't help us check things off the to-do list unless one of the things on our to-do list was to pray, okay? So one, prayer is, is not productive or doesn't feel productive. I'll put it that way, all right? The other thing, I think another reason we don't pray is we're just, like, we're just a distracted people, right? <laughs> and I'm preaching to myself, Right? I have the attention span of roughly 12 seconds. 
Okay? Like, we're just a distracted people. We, again, we live in a world where it just cluttered mess, like everything is like vying for our attention. So, right, and we, this happens in a million different ways, but just for example, think about technology. Think about the, the phones that we have, either in our pockets right now or that we're, maybe we're actually reading from right now. Right, we've got these little devices that in, at any given moment, you could send someone a text message, you could make a phone call, you could send an email, you could check your to-do list, you could put something on your calendar, you could take something off your calendar, you could shop on Amazon, you could, I mean, you could do any number of things, like right here at your hand. And then to compound that, not only to like, is it there, but then we like set these notifications so that every 12 seconds something's buzzing or dinging, right? We're just constantly distracted. And if that wasn't enough, then some of us get the watches that like connect so we don't have to take it out of our pocket to be distracted. It's just like, right? You know, I'm not knocking you. Like I, I wish I had an Apple iWatch. It's just I have young kids, so I don't get nice things. So, so I'm, not, I'm not dogging you. I'm just saying like we live in a distracted world, right? And one, I think one of the reasons that we don't pray um, either at all or as consistently as we should is because we're just distracted by lesser things. Right? And, and we're, all, we're all subject to that. So, um, so we, I think we don't pray sometimes because it doesn't feel productive or efficient. I think we're too easily distracted. But I think the real reason that we just don't pray as much or as, as consistently as we should is just we do not comprehend how dependent we are on God. Right? I, I think we have an, an overestimated sense of just how uh, self-sufficient we are, right? Just we live comfortable lives for the most part. I don't want to blanket statement that. I, know, I don't want to minimize like the real hurts and pains and issues that some of us face. But, but overall, when you compare us in 21st century America, we live very comfortable lives. Most of us have refrigerators and pantries full of food. Most of us have enough bank account to at least, enough money in the bank to at least get us through the next couple of days. Right? We, most of us are not wondering where our next meal is going to come from. Or, uh, most of us have closets where we can put clothes on, even though some of us are outdated. Again, because I have kids, and I've realized that once you have kids, like, you don't get nice things anymore. And so, but... All that to say is like, we, we're just, we're comfortable. We don't fully grasp how dependent we really are on God. And because we have this sort of overestimated sense of self-sufficiency, we do not pray as we ought. All right? But I think what the Bible would point us back to and what Jesus points us back to here in these few verses is that prayer is important. Prayer is central. As citizens of God's kingdom, as followers of Jesus, it's not, it's not about uh, if we pray, but it's, it's when we pray. It should be expected. It's what we should do. All right? So we know that we, we should pray, but I think as Jesus begins to teach us about what it looks like to pray, I think what's interesting is where he starts is how not to pray. Right? And so that's what he says. Look at, look at verse 5. He says, And when you pray... You must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues 
and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you that they have received their reward. So what Jesus is going to do here uh, in this verse and the verses that follow is he's, going to, he's basically saying, when you pray, check your motives. And the first thing he, he talks about here is people who pray to impress others. Right? And, and I, as I was reading through this this week, I couldn't help but think of, um, there's this video that went viral probably about 10, 12 years ago. I don't know. Um, you guys, if you've been around for a few months, you know my affinity for, for NASCAR. I have a little redneck in me. And so there's this video that went viral a few years ago of this guy who was praying before a NASCAR race. Some of you guys, maybe you've seen it. I hear some chuckles, so. And he gets up there and he starts to, I appreciate NASCAR. They still have prayer before the race, right? That's a pretty cool thing. Um, But he stands up and he begins to pray and it starts off normal. It starts off with, uh, he's thanking God for his provision and his blessings, right? That's, That's cool. That's normal. And then it just got real weird, like real quick. He's praying for, he's thanking God for the, the Dodges and the Toyotas and the new engine technologies. And then it just like spirals into this weirder and weirder prayer to which he ends with, and I quote, thank you for my smoking hot wife. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Amen. <laughs> and we laugh and, and we laugh, right? I mean, I get it. I get it. And, and, and who am I to judge someone's motives in prayer, right? But I'm going to judge them. Because I have to believe that all that prayer was was his effort to be seen, to be heard, to be noticed, to be remembered. So that the few thousand people there that day, when they, when they think back, they're like, oh man, you remember that guy's prayer? Right? And, and the, right, the, the evidence that I'm here 10 years later telling you about it, he got what he wanted. Right? And, and that's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, don't be like the people who pray just to impress others or, or just to be heard by others. Don't pray like that. If you pray like that, you will be seen and you will be heard, but that's your reward. Right, so so the, the dude praying before the NASCAR race, yeah, he was heard and he was remembered. I'm just not sure this prayer made it much further than YouTube. Right, because we do not pray to impress others. Now, most of us are not going to be tempted in that way, like that kind of prayer. But here's where we are tempted. Right, sometimes, if, especially if we ever pray in public, we're tempted to pray in ways that like other people will hear our prayer and be like, wow. That guy can pray. Right, so you've been in the room with other people that can do that, right? And I'm not, I'm not saying that they intended to do that, but like, for example, if you're ever in a prayer meeting, again, we don't go to those very often, but if you're ever in one, and you're in like a prayer circle, you do that thing where you like hold hands, was that just a pre-COVID thing? Um, you're praying, and, and this is my own experience here. Like you're praying and you get your eyes closed and the guy, you know, in front of you or the guy right before you starts to pray and he's praying in like King James English and it's like this like really eloquent, articulate prayer and all of a sudden I'm like, I don't know how to pray like that. And so like I check out on what's actually being prayed for because I'm trying to think how am I going to pray in a way that compares to that. And so then it comes to me and sometimes it's just me stuttering some foolishness that Right? I, clearly, I'm not paying attention to what's going on. 
Or you do that awkward thing where you squeeze the hand next to you, which is like the universal sign for I've got nothing, you pray. Right? But at the heart of that is there's this like, there's this idea that, that we're, like we're trying to impress other people with our praying. And this is what Jesus is getting at. He's saying, when you pray, you do not pray to impress other people. That's not the goal of prayer. All right? We're, we're tempted to pray sometimes so that others will think we're, we're more pious than we are or we're more uh, spiritual than we really are. Like that's a real temptation for us in prayer. But that's not the only, that's not the only bad motive. Look at verse 7. He says, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Right? And the, the point here is that not only do we not pray to impress others, but we actually don't even pray to impress God. Right? Our, our praying is, is not an effort, not our effort for, for God to look at us and be like, wow, did you hear that? Right? God looking at Jesus and the Holy Spirit, did you hear him pray? That was impressive. I'm going to grant his request now. We don't pray to impress God. Right? There's, I mean, to, to be clear, right, there's nothing wrong with long, lengthy prayers. Again, in a world where our attention spans are, I, I read this this week, literally our attention spans are, are less than goldfish. I don't know if that's true. It's on the internet, so I assume it's true. But, but, but we would do well to be able to engage in like long periods of prayer. So there's nothing wrong with long prayer, all right? Jesus prayed for long periods of time, right? You got like literal Bible verses that are like pray without ceasing. So pray and then just don't stop praying, all right? So the point is not that there's anything wrong with long prayer. The point is that whenever we pray long, lengthy prayers, thinking that somehow we are like tugging at God's heartstrings by how long we pray or how long we can endure in prayer, like, like God is not impressed by that. Because like verse 8 says, our Father knows what we need before the words ever even come out of our mouths. So in, in all these things, like the reasons that we shouldn't pray, it, at the heart of our problem with prayer is our hearts. Now the, I mean, think about this. The fact that Jesus is warning us against taking something as sacred as prayer, and he's having to warn us not to make it about us. This thing where we're supposed to be like communing and talking to God, the creator of the universe, like Jesus is showing us that like the, how depraved our hearts can really be whenever we take this thing that's supposed to be our conversation with our God and we make it about us so that we impress others or so that we impress God and then he really just gives us what we want. And Jesus is saying, this is not how you pray. When you pray, check your motives. So, we know that we're supposed to pray. right? We know that we're, we're not supposed to pray to impress others. That makes sense. We know that we're not supposed to pray to impress God. Okay, we're on the same page. And then we get to verse 8 where it's, you know, your, your father knows what you need before you ask. So then the question becomes, why do we even pray at all? If God knows my needs before I ask them, why pray? 
Valid question, right? So here's the, the, the third point this morning. When you pray, prioritize presence with God. When you pray, prioritize presence with God. Look again at verse 6. Jesus says, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Right? Now again, the point here is not that private prayer is the only way to pray. Right? Otherwise, we would be in direct disobedience every Sunday when we pray up here publicly, right? And again, you see Jesus praying with his disciples. Right? The, the, very, the, the prayer after this, where Jesus says, this is the model prayer, what we call the Lord's Prayer. You know what the first word in it is? Our. That's collective. That's corporate. Right? All throughout the Lord's Prayer is forgive like us. Lead us. So, so prayer is, it is a corporate thing. So, so Jesus' point here is not that private prayer is the only way to pray. But I think the point that Jesus is making is that prayer is primarily about being present with God. That's what prayer is. I mean, it's, it's a lot of things, but prayer is primarily about being present with the Lord. Right, I love what uh, one of the authors I read this week, John Stott, he wrote a commentary just on the Sermon on the Mountain. When he's talking about this passage, he says, um, I'm, this is my paraphrase, but he says that when we go into our rooms, when Jesus says, go into your rooms and shut your door and pray to your Father who's in secret, the point is, it's yes that we would like remove ourselves from the distractions that surround us. Yes, the point is that we would um, you know, remove ourselves from that temptation to be seen and noticed and heard by others. Right? But even more than those things, the point is not that we would just shut ourselves out from other things, but that we would shut ourselves in with God. When you pray, prioritize presence with God. Because the most important thing about prayer is not that we get what we want. The most important thing about prayer is that we get God. And, and some of you guys, you know this, because maybe you've experienced it or you've heard the stories where, where people go through like really terrible circumstances. Like they have some great need, whether it's uh, just some, some physical need or healing, or they're just going through a really difficult time in life, and so they just like grow, and they pray, and they pray, and they pray. And sometimes God answers their prayers, and sometimes God doesn't answer their prayers, at least not in the way that they were hoping. But I've heard those stories of, of people that go through things like that, and one of the things that I've heard is that, yeah, they may not get what they prayed for, but what they did get was this intimacy with God that they never had before. That's the reward. Right? When Jesus says that uh, when you go into your room and you shut the door and you pray to your father who's in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you, the reward is not primarily some physical, material thing. The reward is that we get God. Intimacy. Fellowship with the creator of the universe. 
That is our reward. Because ultimately, prayer doesn't change God. It changes us. Ultimately, prayer doesn't change God. We could go into all the theological, how he's immutable and God doesn't change. Prayer doesn't change God. It changes us. Because prayer increasingly brings us into alignment with God's good and perfect will and purpose for our life. That's why we pray. That's why we're going to spend the next few weeks talking about prayer. That's why we're going to create some environments like our night of worship and and hopefully some different things for us to just pray, right? So that we would be changed. So that we would be changed. So here's here's where we're going to land the thing today, right? I've got, um, my, my hope is that we would just, actually, let me back up. My hope is that I would be a person marked by prayer. And then out from that, my hope is that we would be a church that's marked by prayer. Because, again, the point of prayer is that we would spend time, uninterrupted, undistracted time in God's presence. My hope is that we would be a church that's marked by that. Because can you imagine... Like, what would our worship services be like if instead of coming here on Sundays just to get our cups filled again, that we'd actually spent all week in prayer, right, in intimate fellowship communion with our Creator, so that when we get here on Sunday, we're not waiting for our cups to be filled, but actually it's an overflow of, of a cup that's already full. Wouldn't that be amazing? Incredible. So here's the homework this week. You guys ready for it? Pray. That's it. Just pray. Right, and, and here's, let me qualify that a little bit. I'm talking pray. Yes, pray at your meal when you sit down and eat. And you think, right, but, but pray beyond that. If you have young children, yes, pray with them before you put them to bed at night or in the morning, whatever your routine is. But pray beyond that. What I'm talking about is is just moments of uninterrupted, undistracted, is undistracted even a word? Uninterrupted, undistracted time of prayer. Intimate conversation with the creator of the universe. That's your homework this week, is to just pray. May mean you need to stay up a little later after the kids are asleep. May mean that you need to wake up a little earlier before everybody else is stirring may mean that you just need to leave your phone in another room for a few minutes. It may mean that you need to, if you're like me, like write out your prayers because there's a million things going off in your brain and you just like distracted. Again, 12-second attention span, right? Whatever it looks like for you, right? Your homework this week is to just pray. And if you're like, I don't even know what to pray for, that's fine. Right? One of the one of the guys I like to listen to on podcasts, he likes to say, just pray what you've got. Right? Again, it doesn't have to be eloquent. You're not heard for your many words. Right? You're not impressing God with your prayers. He knows what you already need. Just pray. That's your homework this week. That's our homework this week. That we would be a people who pray. So, 
here's, um, here's the reminder. As you pray this week, you will not be heard by your many words. You will not be heard uh, because of anything that's impressive about you. The only reason we're actually heard is because of Jesus. And there's a reason that we, pr- we pray in Jesus' name. There's a reason that the, the Lord's Prayer starts with our Father. And the reason is because for those of us who are followers of Jesus, who've trusted in Jesus, we've been adopted into God's family. So he is our Father. We pray, we talk to him as our Father. Right? So he hears us, not because of anything awesome about us or because of how eloquent or articulate we are. He hears us because we are his children. In the same way that I, like, I hear the requests of my children, usually. Right? I don't hear them because of how, how well they make the request or how eloquent the request is or how long they ask me. Actually, the longer they ask me, the less likely I am to hear it, right? But I don't hear them for any reason other than the fact that they're my children. So as you pray this week, if you are a follower of Jesus, you've trusted in Jesus, you're a child of God, just know that you are, you are heard only because of Jesus. You are heard by your heavenly Father because you are a child of God. And if you're here this morning, you've never trusted in Jesus, what an invitation to step into God's family, to be adopted into God's family. That invitation is for you this morning. You can do that. We can have that conversation, right? But our homework this week is to just pray. So let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning, and we are grateful that we get to pray. Uh, that just the fact that you, the creator and sustainer of all things, invites us to pray, to lay our requests before you and to know that, that in your transcendence and in your power and in your might and in your strength and your majesty and your holiness and we can go on and on and on to know that we are not heard because of anything impressive that we do or have to offer but to know that we are heard because you invite us to just request and ask and spend time with you in in intimate conversation. So Father, help us to be a people who pray. My my prayer is that that I would grow as someone who's just a person who prays. I pray that my gut reaction to an issue or to a problem would just be to pray. And I pray that would be true not just of me, but of us as a church. And so I pray... Father, Lord, that that as we seek to respond to you this morning, that that our response will be hearts that are humbled, that we acknowledge our dependence on you, that we would put aside any, uh, the the drive to be more productive um, at at the expense of spending time with you in prayer. Lord, help us to realize that we need you, that we're dependent on you in every way, so help us to seek you. And we pray that you would hear our prayers. And we pray that more than anything else, 
more than that you would change our circumstances, more than that you would change any, that you would change us. So Lord, we ask this and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.